For those of you that don't know, Gospel Quest is our K through sixth grade ministry. Um, and uh, we do a competition with them, or actually Isaac and, and the ladies that help him up in Gospel Quest do a competition with them each week. And um, so we're going to ask Isaac to, uh, to come up and uh, everything, and he's going to announce the winners. I'm going to tell you this, right? This is exciting. And church, this is why we clap for them when they're dismissed each week, right? I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I'm not going to announce the winners, but I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag that again, we have a tie for the winners. So we're going to have two win this time. And I'm going to tell you there were five within four points of each other. So this competition is getting, yeah, clap for them. This, this, I'm going to go over here and get out of the way. This competition is getting fierce, and that I love because I love fierce Christianity. Amen? Christianity that's on fire and Christianity that is working in the hearts of God's people. Amen? And that's why we do this. We don't do this for gift cards, but we do this to instill in these guys the, the fire and the power that they can receive through Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, and so part of the contest is bringing their Bible, bringing a friend, bringing different things. Isaac might share a little bit about that. But we're excited to encourage them into the things of the Lord. So I'm going to shut up and turn it over to Isaac. Um, oh, hello. Uh, so, yeah, like Dad was saying, you know, our, con our competition um, kind of goes over, you know, kids bringing their Bible every week if they do offering. Um, and then we do things if they bring friends or if, um, you know, they do something that me and the other leaders think is just out of the world or amazing or I'm not good with words. Really good. Um, and we give them points. And But like that said, this isn't about winning a gift card. It's about teaching the kids what's important. And I love that, um, you know, they're taking it seriously. And, you know, like that said, we had five kids within three or four points of each other. That's amazing. And some of them were our toddlers, not a toddlers, preschoolers. Um, and it means our preschoolers are grabbing onto it too, which excites me so much. Um, and I'm also really proud. I love Fifth Sundays because it lets you all see how excited our kids are about this church. I see it almost every Sunday, and I assume your kids talk about it at home, but you get to see all of them. You know, we even have teenagers helping in the nursery this morning. Um, we had kids helping parking. It's great, and I love it. So I know we got a lot to do this Sunday, so I'll, I'll hurry this up. We did have a tie again this, this quarter, which is fantastic. Um, one of the people is not here, but it is Miss Addie J. Um, so where's Tucker? <laughs> I'll give it to her mother. Sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Dairy Queen by your house got a car through it, so <laughs> you might have to travel a bit far. Um, and we do have a new winner this quarter with Miss Carly Slaughter. <laughs> um, so yeah, the competition starts over today, guys. So let's do it. Let's get let's get some winners. I want like all of you to match up like perfect points next to next quarter, so that all the leadership has to freak out about what we're gonna do. Um, hey, if we have a nine-way tie, we'll get nine gift cards. God will supply. <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I know we got a lot to get through, so. Real, real quick, um, and, and we want our kids to feel like they're part of the church. So, Maddie, do you care to share what you shared with me before service this morning, or am I going to embarrass you? Yeah, give her a mic. Yeah. They're renting out my mama's old house, and they're having this vintage sale there. And I'm going to be having a bake sale there, and all the proceeds are going to the Pulse Church. And the reason I'm doing that is because um, every kid, including me, wants tree houses. So. 
So with that kind of excitement, Gospel Quest is probably soon going to have a treehouse somewhere on the grounds, right? So we're planning a prayer walk out back, maybe somewhere back there we're going to have a Gospel Quest treehouse, amen, uh, that they can go and study and learn about the Lord. So with that said, I'm going to say this. I think they got a little stage fright because when they were practicing, the, let's, let's get it, how's it go, let's get it loud. It might get loud. When they were practicing that this morning, they were booming that song. I mean, I think they were drowning out Anthony and Josie and, and, and everyone else when they were practicing. When they got up here and all of you were out there, they kind of uh, a little bit, a little bit timid, amen? But we're getting there. We're getting there, and that's the exciting part. So we appreciate everything Isaac um, and Sam and, and Taylor and all of the girls uh, that help and work back there um, do. Uh, and just excited about this generation and what it means for our church. So with that, let's cheer them on. Gospel Quest dismissed. So many things going on, I can't remember when to turn my microphone on and off. Um, so we are excited this morning to celebrate our graduates, um, and that also includes Isaac, who was left out of the video um, this morning by accident. Unfortunately, those come in overnight, and I'm doing so many things, I don't really get to watch them all the way through. I just click on them long enough to make sure they're sound and it's working, and, and I move on to other things. Um, so I didn't get to see that in time to see that, that Isaac was excluded. But Isaac is definitely one of our graduates um, this year. And so we want to celebrate them um, this morning. And, um, you know, some of you sitting out there who have graduated might be thinking, well, you didn't do that when I was graduating. Well, we've kind of been like gypsies for the last three years, right? So it's been kind of difficult for us to do uh, these kinds of things um, with the circumstances with COVID and everything else that we've been doing and dealing with. so But now that God has blessed us with our church and everything else, we certainly want to recognize these things uh, and encourage these people in their future uh, and everything else that they're doing. So uh, I'm going to ask them to come up with their parents or their family, whatever the case may be. Um, that way, if, if someone wouldn't mind to get a couple pictures with the thing behind them, put, uh, put something nice up. Uh, they're actually, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm totally losing it. Let's play the bumper. How about that? Yeah. Okay, so apparently that's not working um, or something. But um, So we want to recognize our graduates, and we, and we apologize. We'll try to figure that out and get it played here in a little bit. But we, um, uh, we want to celebrate them uh, this morning and their great accomplishments. So we're going to call up Josh this morning. Uh, Josh Wine, yeah. Mom and Dad, come on up. Take center stage with your mom and dad there. And where'd the mic go? Give me that mic. So I'm going to ask Josh to share about his degree and uh, how that all came about for him and uh, what he plans to do with it in his life. Why you chose that. That's what I mean. Yeah, sorry. All right. Hello. Okay, we're good. Um, well... So I started Marshall at um, fall 2019. I didn't start with an accounting degree. Um, I just had a degree in my original major and accounting course in the same semester. I decided I hated my original major. I liked accounting, so I decided to switch right away. Um, I graduated with it um, in April 30th. Um, 
And then, you know, right now I have an internship lined up with Ernst & Young in Charleston. So they call it a big four firm in accounting. So I'm really excited about that, just the training I'm going to get there. And um, right now I'm planning to go back to graduate school um, in the fall. And after that, just whatever God has in store. So, yeah. Mom and Dad, anything you'd like to say? You proud of him? Yeah, I see the tears coming, right? Yeah, they're, they're welling up. If I keep talking, are they going to come on out? No. <laughs> so, Josh, we just want to congratulate you um, on your accomplishments uh, from your church family and, uh, and just pray over you and, and trust that God is uh, going to do a great work uh, in your life. So, yeah. so if you guys want to scoot down just a little bit. And uh, Isaac Mace. Mom, if you want to join us up here. You yeah, you get the microphone again. So we are. <laughs> so um, Isaac, we'll ask you to do the same thing. Share with everyone uh, about your major and uh, how that came about and where you plan to go next. Um, well, I started as a biochem major, realized about a semester in that that was a horrible mistake on my part. <laughs> um, hands, I applaud anyone who can do it because that was awful. <laughs> um, so I switched over to entrepreneurship. Uh, it really just started out because I was, to be completely honest, done with school and wanted an easy degree. Um, but it actually turned out to be a really, really uh, fun time. I, one of my professors, um, I became an entrepreneurship major. My main uh, entrepreneurship professor was an, he's an amazing guy. I'm still in contact with him after I graduated. Um, and he's helping me in my current, what I'm currently doing now is I'm trying to start my own business. Um, so, huh? Hello? Ah, there it is. Um, so I can start my own business, which is actually well in the works and should hopefully be going here in the next month or so, if not a little after. I don't know. I'm in front of this microphone too much today, so I'm kind of losing my nerve. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So Isaac, your church family would like to congratulate you all for that on behalf of the church. And uh, congratulations. So. Alex and family, come on up. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so we are, we're thankful for Alex and, and his accomplishments and excited, right, because we already have one chef in the church. Pretty soon we're going to have two in the church. So, man, I'm going to be getting fat, right? That's, that's what it comes down to, right, because I love to eat, right? And uh, so we're thankful uh, for Alex and thankful for his accomplishments. So, Alex, go ahead and tell everyone uh, about your major, about what your uh, future plans are. Well, current, um, no, it's on. Just hold it. Yeah. Well, the uh, reason I took the pro start class is because I wanted something I could enjoy, and I loved the class. Loved the teacher. She, uh, well, we should stay. We'll stay in contact, hopefully through her mind. And if anyone wants to take class it's it's amazing she there's so much you get to do and learn and i'm going to mount west next year for to continue in the culinary ed education so alex on behalf of the church and huh okay and, and your family, we want to congratulate you, pray over and encourage you for the uh, future that you have in store, as well as your family. So if you guys want to move maybe down here. All right. And last, these weren't in any order, but last and certainly not least, Allison, if you and uh, Raiden, your mom, want to come up. What do you think, Brett? Are you proud of mom? Yeah? All right. Say that again so everybody hears it. I'm very proud. Yeah. So we, um, 
Allison, same thing. Have you share with everyone uh, about what you've uh, been doing? Uh, multiple things you've been doing and accomplishments. So don't uh, don't be shy or bashful about it. Share with everyone about it and let them know. Um, so I have been in school since 2018 um, to get my business degree. Um, I took a little bit of time off and then went back into it uh, the end of last year to finish because I only had a couple courses left before I quit. Um, so I finished April 30th. Um, and we're going to Florida next week for my graduation, <laughs> so we're so excited. Um, and I also um, graduated Willow State School um, and got licensed in March. Um, so not really sure where we're going. I work in for um, a bank now doing mortgage processing, so I guess we'll see where my degree takes me. Well, Allison, stay here, bud. <laughs> On behalf of your church family, we want to congratulate you, uh, encourage you for your future and, and all that God has given. Can I ask if you all would step over here? And I'm going to ask our assistant pastor, Dwight, if he would come up uh, and pray over our graduates um, this morning and for all that's ahead of them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for these four great accomplishments. We thank you, dear Lord, for their lives that they are leading down this road, for the lives, dear Heavenly Father, that they're wanting to create. But most of all, dear Lord, that they turn to you, that they're doing it inside of your will. We thank you, dear Lord, for each one of them. Each one of them has a ministry. Each one of them has a voice. Each one of them, dear Heavenly Father, has not only suffered, but they have sacrificed, and yet, they still stay inside your house, inside your will. We thank you, dear Lord, for each one. We thank you for the other young ones, dear Lord, that are coming up and are graduating and moving on and moving on into different classes. We thank you, dear Lord, for the ones that are going into high school. We thank you, dear Lord, for the ones that are getting ready this year to enter their senior year. We ask, dear Lord, that you be upon them, bless them, watch them, keep each and every one of these young people safe and secure. And dear Lord, to always turn to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys may be seated. Thankful for them and for all that they are going to do. We also wanna we also wanna thank Annie. Sweet treats by Annie. Uh, if you noticed on the back table, I think most of you did because I heard you talking about it. Uh, Annie, I asked her a month or so ago, hey, would you make some sweets for uh, Graduate Sunday? And I just kind of left it up to her what she was going to do. And uh, she reached out to me a little after that, and she says, can I just do a cake for each one? And I said, sure, do a cake for each one. That'll work. Because we also have our family fun day later today, and there's going to be plenty of treats there too, and um, so forth. And then she tailored the cake to each of them and their degree and, and their plans and their future uh, and things like that. So from a, from a calculator to a chef's coat and everything else, uh, that's also for you all to take home with you. Um, there's going, that, now take the right one, right? So Josh takes the calculator. And no, I'm just kidding. So, um, but we, uh, we're thankful for, for that and that we can offer you that uh, and your families as well. So... Um, the way school is now, it's kind of crazy because like our college kids graduate really early and then we've got to wait several weeks for our high schoolers and, and different things like that. But we're thankful that we could bring them all together uh, and, and lift up the name of Jesus over them. So everybody feeling good? Because now we're going to preach. You good with that? You need to stretch a little bit? You need to do some jumping jacks? <laughs> so... Um, we're going to continue our, our series on, on Revelations this morning. And uh, I do want to say real quick, we're thankful for all of our visitors um, that are here this morning. Some of you from out of state, here with your families, and we appreciate that um, this morning. Uh, we're thankful for um, a good friend of ours um, who is here um, this morning, Heather. And uh, Heather has quite a testimony and quite a story. Um, COVID, she's one of the people that COVID hit really, really hard. And... Um, 
Uh, for many months, we, we prayed really, really hard for her uh, as she laid in incubation and, and everything at WVU. And um, just uh, a very long story. Uh, so when, when Sam came and got me and uh, I came up and I saw she was here this morning because she's been promised me as soon as she got strong enough uh, and able that she was able to be here and to see her here without oxygen or anything is truly a blessing. So, um, yeah. So we're thankful for that and uh, thankful for each of our visitors. But I think uh, God did a great work in her life. So I just wanted to quickly um, point that out and give him some praise. So um, Revelations chapter 3. And for those of you visiting and those of you who haven't been here, you're probably thinking he's doing a series on the seven churches of Revelations. Yep, that's what we're doing. And um, it's kind of funny. We were talking about this last night. It's, it's actually been broken up by a few things. Um, and, and I was joking with uh, Annie and, and a couple others last night we were talking about it, and I said, you know, it's probably a good thing that it got broken up a little bit because these, these seven churches, other than the one we're going to talk about today, are, are pretty much punches in the gut, you know, to us as Christians and where we're failing and where we're falling short and, and, and where things aren't right. And, and it's the words of Jesus given in vision to John saying to us, dude, get your act right. Pull it, pull it together and get things where I want them to be or this is going to be held against you, right? And that's Jesus. Those are red words in the book of Revelation saying to us, get it, get it together and, and get it right. And, and what does he say? He says, repent in each of those situations. And, and we've, we've went through the first five churches and we've got the last two uh, one to do today and one to do next week. And as we work our way through those, in each situation, he tells us to repent. And what that is, is that is a savior. That is not a condemner. That is not, that is not someone who wants to chew you up and spit you out. That's not someone who wants to appreciate, doesn't want to appreciate the things that you do do. So if you notice in Scripture, yes, I said do, do. Um, but if you want to notice... You guys can't snicker like that and expect me not to acknowledge it, right? So, so what I, but what I want us to understand is this, right? Jesus sees what we do. Jesus hears what we say. And Jesus knows the intent of our heart. If we are, if we are doing the works that we do to be seen, then he says, kind of like we shared last week, you're gonna, you'll have your reward. I'll let you have all the attention you want. But that's all you're going to get, right? But he, he goes on to say to us, I see all of the good that you do, and I acknowledge it, and I applaud it, and I bless it, right? But I also see the things that you're doing that aren't so great. And I see the things that you're doing that don't line up with, with what Father has, has instructed us to do and to live by. And because of that, I'm telling you that judgment is coming and I'm trying to help you fix it because he's a savior, right? If he was a condemner, if he was someone who just wanted to judge us, if he was someone who, who just wanted to be angry and point a finger and snarl at us and cast us into hell, he probably would have never written these first two or three chapters of Revelation. He would have just been a condemner. He would have just been a judge. He would have just been someone that says, do your thing, do you, and go to hell. But he didn't do that, did he? He stopped, he assessed, and he took time to say, I've got this against you. Repent. Get it right. Repent. Turn from it. And if you do, I'll bless you. If you do, I'll walk with you. If you do, you will never be alone. If you do, I will be in your midst. If you do. I'm on your side, and I will call you out. I will call your name out to Father in all of those times that are needed, all of those times when it's so hard, all of the times when the struggle seems to, to become too much. I, Lord and Savior, I, Alpha and Omega, I, the Lion and the Lamb, I will call out your name in heaven. Amen? Amen. 
That's where our hope is found. Our hope is found in the promise of Him and in the promise of all that He is and in the promise of what He will do for us when we simply bring ourselves to where He is. Simply bring ourselves to what He is and allow ourselves to be moved. Moved. Amen? Not just, not just motioned, right? Not just, not just kind of here today, gone tomorrow, but literally moved emotionally and physically and spiritually into His presence. And when we do that, His power and His glory is manifest within us. Amen? And we see countless scriptures of that. Today, today is not so much of a gut punch because we're talking about the church in Philadelphia. Revelations 3, chapter 7 and we'll begin reading there down through verse 14, or 13, as God allows. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy. Amen? Talking about Jesus. He that is holy. He that is true. He that hath the key of David. He that openeth, and no man shutteth. And shutteth, and no man openeth. Amen? I think it's, I think it's incredible for us. To grab hold of the power of who Jesus is when we read these scriptures. Amen? Because the world, the world would, would diminish his glory. The world would diminish his power. The world, if we let them, would diminish all that he is. And if you notice from the beginning of Revelations, it starts out reminding us who he is. And reminding us what he is. And reminding us what he can do. Amen. And so when we understand that, there is hope in, in the rebuttal and there is hope in, in, the, in, the, in the correction of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is hope in it because it is Him being a Savior saying to us, I am all of these things. Right? I am all of these things, but I care about you. I care about you. And you see, as, as human beings, that's where, we, that's where we mess up so much, right? Because this flesh seeks to please itself, right? We, we, seek, we seek our own vain glory, as Scripture teaches us, right? We seek after the things that do us good and not God, right? And Jesus is the very opposite of that. Jesus is already all of these things. He doesn't need acknowledgement. He doesn't need accomplishment. He doesn't need box checks, boxes checked, right? Because he's already all of these things. And he is stopping to say, I want you. I want you. I'm willing to come and die for you. I'm willing to intercede for you. I am willing to work on your behalf. I want you. I want you. So he is pleading with us to turn from our wickedness, to turn from, from our fleshly desires, to turn from the things which push us away from him. Amen. He's not doing the pushing. We're doing the pushing, right? Because we're saying, yeah, I love you, Lord, but I really kind of like this too, right? And we have pleasure for a season, Whatever that season it is, whatever that season is, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a night, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a year, maybe it's a lifetime, right? But ultimately, that season is going to end, and we're going to be without anything, including Jesus Christ. And so what Jesus is saying to us is, choose me, choose me over these things that are temporary, choose me over these things that won't last, and I'll give you all that I am. Because I'm, all, I'm already everything. I'm all, I've, I already have all of these things. I have already been given and blessed all of these things of the Father. And I will give them to you if you just come to me. Amen? And so, like crazy people, we run around trying to please ourselves when, when the opportunity is already presented to us in Jesus Christ. It's already presented to us and it's already given to us in Jesus Christ. And several times we've, we've talked about the parallel of the garden, 
right, that God offered Adam and Eve everything. He said, I will give you everything. Just don't eat of that tree. You've got hundreds of trees that are good and great to eat of. Just don't eat of that one, right? And I'll give you everything. I'll, un I'll unveil everything to you. I'll show you all of my glory. Just don't eat of that one tree. What did they do? Hmm? They believed that maybe they, they listened to a lie and believed that maybe God was holding back from them, right? Or, or that they could get there quicker, right? And so they ate of that tree. And sin, sin in turn became a reality for all of us at that moment. And all of us from that moment have had to choose Jesus or whatever tree it is that we think might satisfy us today, tomorrow, next week, next year, whatever. And that has been our plight. And that has been our problem. Jesus is saying to us in verse 7, I am already everything you need. I have all power and all glory to work in you. Just come to me. Verse 8, he says this to the church in Philadelphia. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Listen, friend, God knows your testimony. Right? And, you know, I, I grew up in, in, in the old-fashioned churches, you know, where, where Wednesday nights, especially sometimes on Sundays, depending upon the church, you'd stand up and you'd testify. You know, this is what God's done for me today, or this is what God's done for me this week. And sometimes those things were really good, but then there were those who, and I, I'm not belittling anyone by this, all right? But I want you, I, I want you to, to get the teaching in this, right? But then you get those people who stand up, and every week, every service, they tell you the same testimony for 20 years. Right? I'm not taking anything away from their Christianity, but I want to encourage you with this. Right? I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not saying that, the, you know, because they did that for 20 years that they're dying and going to hell. I'm not saying any of that. Don't put those words into my mouth. But what I'm saying is this. Our testimony should evolve as our spirituality evolves right? I should absolutely be testifying about what God did for me at my altar. My altar was a bedside, amen? But whatever my altar is, I should absolutely testify to that. I was a wretch and I was undone and the hand of God moved upon me, took my sin, took what was red as crimson and made it white as snow. I am saved to the uttermost because of the work of Jesus Christ. I should testify to that in all that I do and in all that I say. Amen? But if I am still wallowing around in that moment, it means that I am not evolving into the fullness of what God has given me. I am not growing into the depths of who Jesus is and what Jesus wants to do in my life. Amen? Yes, we should be thankful we're saved. And yes, we should be thankful that we were healed of this or that we were set free from this. Yes, we should be thankful that God shows up when the tractor turns over or when the, or when the all gets loose and, and all of these things. Amen. I, I'm not belittling any of that. But what I'm saying is our testimony should evolve to a place to where it is pointing to Jesus and not pointing to something that satisfies my flesh. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm not putting anybody down and I'm not belittling anybody. But what I'm wanting you to grab hold of is I'm wanting you to grab hold of the full glory of who God is, the full glory of what he is, and the full glory of what he wants to do and bring into our life. Why? Because he sees you, and he hears you, and he is watching your pursuit of him. Amen? And sometimes, sometimes we pursue him like this, right? Kind of like the kids when they were practicing this morning. You know, I like it loud, right? They were all into it. They were laughing. They were having fun. They were giggling. And then when everyone gets here, they get a little timid. I like it loud, huh? Right? Some of us live our Christian life that way. 
right? Because we don't spend enough time with Jesus Monday through Saturday. Listen now. We don't spend enough time with Jesus Monday through Saturday, and we walk here and here and wonder why everybody's all happy and getting filled up, and I'm just sitting here not enjoying nothing. Amen? When we start spending time with Jesus, when we start entering into the throne room, when we start drawing ourselves nigh, guess what? He's going to draw nigh to us. He's going to fill us with his glory. Amen? And it's going to overflow through us into others. Amen? When I'm talking about the evolution of our spirit, that's what I'm talking about, is that we move beyond the flesh and we move beyond the things of this life and we step in to his counsel. And his counsel begins to move and operate in us and through us and do great things. It is vital. It is vital that we come to this place because Jesus says, I know your works. I know your thoughts. I know your attitudes. I know your words. I know your conversations. I know your heart. Above and beyond all of these things. And in other scriptures, it tells us that he knows That it's deceitfully wicked. So what do we do? Amen. We step into him. We step into him. And when we step into him and his fullness. He begins to overcome the wickedness. And and the drawings. And the pursuits of the flesh. Some of y'all still struggling with the same sin you struggled with years ago. Amen. And guys I'm telling you. The glory of God wants to move you past that. The glory of God wants to do a work in your life. The glory of God wants to put that behind you and evolve your depth into where He is and what He's doing and how He's doing it. Amen? And He's simply saying, come come unto me. Come unto me. You're you're tired? You weary? You grumpy? You, 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 You sad? Amen? Come to me. Not only will I give you rest, but I will fill you up with things that won't run dry. Amen. That's why he told the woman at the well, she'd been to man after man after man after man after man and never got full. And Jesus said, if if you drink from the well, I give. If you choose something better, amen, don't do it the world's way. Anymore. But you do this my way. Man, I will well up inside of you. A spring that will never run dry. A life. A life that will overflow every day. Amen. A testimony that will grow and grow and grow. And it will be different tomorrow than it was today. Why? Because it's new water. Amen. It's new provision. Amen. It's new wine. Amen. Into us every day. Why? Because what blessed us yesterday has moved on. And we are entering and walking and living in new blessing today. Amen. It is promised to us. And it is given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's why when he finds something wrong with us, he says, repent of that because I've got more. I've got more. Amen. Behold, verse 9. Behold, I will make them a synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, listen, what was happening, just to give you the background. I was, we were talking last night, and I said we could literally preach a sermon series on each of the seven churches. If we went back to, to their creation, which most of these you can find in Acts and Corinthians, and when they were created, and, and kind of the foundations of that, and what had a Jewish uh, background to it more than a, a Christian background to a Gentile background to it and, and all of that. Dude, we would literally be here all day on Sunday if I preached all of that depth to you, right? So I encourage you to dig into that if you want to know more. But, but in this situation, what we find is we find that there were people in that day not practicing the Christianity that God gave the, the apostles and that God gave the disciples and, and they, were, they were defending themselves because they said, well, we're Jews, right? And so Jesus is attacking that here and he's saying, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Listen, that's why we have to be careful with tradition, amen? 
I'm very traditional. You might not know it because I'm wearing Crocs and a t-shirt with a coat and a hanky, right? You might just look at me and be like, man, he's cra- who dresses like that, right? This guy, I dress like that. Um, so, for, you know, when I hit 50, it's more about being comfortable than it is being stylish, right? So, so you just deal, right? Just deal because my back hurts bad enough, right? So I ain't wearing no, no fancy shoes for y'all. Listen. If we're not careful, we will be so caught up in the sins of our fathers. The Bible teaches this. We will be so caught up in the sins of our fathers that we will sin and know it not. Amen? And we we can look at Isaiah, we can look at Lamentations, and we can look at even several of the Apostle Paul's writings to prove that. We will sin and know it not. Why? Because we did what dad did. Or we did what dad's dad did or what dad's dad's dad did. Amen? And generationally, we can be led astray. Generationally, we can be led away from the glory and the power of God. I'm not talking bad about your dad. Amen. Your dad, your dad does what he was taught and what he was shown by people who do what they were taught and by what they were shown. We've heard Dwight say many times in men's group and different things like that, we weren't taught that way. You know, we weren't shown that way. Amen. And, and you know, he, he and his dad had conversations about it and his dad said, well, we were wrong. You know, so, so what we're seeing is we're seeing the evidence of that as we allow Scripture and God's glory to evolve in us and take us to a deeper place, amen, a deeper atmosphere and, and a deeper growing in all that Jesus is, amen? And it is vital to, to our, our relationship with Him. It is vital to, to our prayer life. It is vital to our understanding of Scripture, amen? Because, amen, we're, we're not going to approach the throne boldly, amen. And when I say that, I'm not, I, we're not just talking about stomping our foot and shaking our finger at God. That's not approaching the throne boldly, amen. God, do this because I went to church Sunday. That's not approaching the throne boldly. Approaching the throne boldly is when you step into the anointing of God and you bring God's power and you bring God's word to his throne and say, by that authority, God, I am asking you to move. I'm asking you to do a work. I am asking you to be what you promised you would be. Amen? Don't ever approach his throne boldly without anointing. Amen? I'd be scared. Amen? And I've done it. I've done it. And I've walked away and been like, yeah, I'm like really sorry about that because that was dumb in a lot of ways, right? But I have evolved. I have grown. I have allowed the glory of God to take precedence in my life over things that maybe I was taught for years or over maybe things that that feed my flesh but don't really feed my spirit. And I have had to purposefully choose Jesus. I have had to purposefully say, this is no longer good for me because it distracts me, it keeps me, it it prevents me from becoming all that I can be in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, so when Jesus says, I see, I see those who say they're Jews, I see those who say they're Christians, and, and because of that, they live like this instead of living like I'm leading them to and everything else. And I will make them the synagogue of Satan. Woo. Amen. Man, I read, I don't know about you. Some, some of us maybe read that and be going, ha, 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 good for them. Well, who exactly is them if you're acting like that? Amen. You're probably in that number if you're thinking like that and acting like that. Amen. What we should do is we should look at that and be like, whoa, wait a minute. Is that in my life? Is that in my mind? Is that in my heart? Is that in my attitude? Is that in my lifestyle? Because if so, I want rid of that. I want rid of that. I want that moved out of me and the glory of God to fill that space. Amen. And and we grow and we evolve. Amen. Sam, Sam and I have, have talked, and, and, and she shared with me a couple of times, and, and things will happen, and things will come up, and this and that and the other, and she's like, wow, you handled that so much differently and so much better than you would have years ago. And I said, well, I hope it's because I'm evolving. I hope it's because I'm understanding the glory of God in my life a little bit better than I did 20 years ago, a little bit better than I did 30 years ago. 
Amen. And, I, and I'm choosing to operate and I'm choosing to think in the ways that he would and not the way this stinking flesh does. Amen. Because I'm choosing him because I'm going to be what? I'm going to be honest with you. There's some things that happen that just don't just they're just not worthy of occupying space in my head, let alone space in my heart. Just not worthy of it. Amen. So I'm just going to move on. I don't need to win the fight. I don't need to win the conversation. I don't need to win the battle. I'm just going to move on. Because there's so much more glory over here than in this pit people want to pull me into. Amen? So I'm going to live over here. I'm going to choose Jesus. I'm going to choose the fullness thereof. And I'm going to live there, man, because I want to, I want to walk on the spiritual waters of this life. I want to walk into the presence, and I want to know that if I'm thrown into the fire, Jesus Christ is going to show up in that fire with me. Amen? I want to know it. I want to live it, and I want to be there. All right. You understand the synagogue of Satan? You know what they're talking about? Yeah? Anybody confused on that? I don't want to, I don't want to leave you confused, but we'll move on. 10, verse 10. Because thou, now here he's addressing the church of Philadelphia, not the people pretending and playing, but the church. Amen. Because thou hast kept. Sorry, I got to get my line straight here. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Listen, there's power in that. There's power in that. We're going to come back to it. I will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Amen. The Bible promises us that we won't be tempted. We will be tempted, but we won't be tempted such that we can't avoid. Amen. So what Jesus is saying to us here is, I will keep the temptation from you, period. What does that mean? It means that as I grow in Christ, as I grow in thinking like Him, as I grow in understanding Him, as I grow in Him, as I become more like Jesus in my attitudes and in my ways and in my, in my visions and in all of the things that drive my life, as I become more like Him... I'm not going to be tempted of the things that tempted me yesterday, yet alone years ago. Why? Because Christ is moving me into His glory and my spirituality, my understanding, and my, my passion and pursuit of Him is growing. It is growing and I am alive in everything that He is. And everything that He is is coming alive in me. Amen? I had someone ask me one time, back in the day. I mean, crazy things happen under the anointing. I, I, love, the, I love the anointing. And um, crazy things have happened. I've been in churches where literally I've walked on the back of pews. Amen? The old pews and, and everything else like we used to have in churches instead of tears. And I, I can remember preaching. And, and the Holy Spirit just being on fire in the place. And I can remember just stepping from pew to pew on the back of each pew and preaching and not missing a beat. Amen. And then the flesh kind of sneaks in and everything else. And I have this sudden thought, holy crap, I'm walking on the back of pews. Right. Jay kind of snuck into that moment and said, what the heck. Right. And guess what? As soon as, soon as I took my eyes off of the glory and I began to think about it in the flesh, guess what? I lost my balance. And a couple guys had to grab me and help me down, and then I go on preaching. Right? And I, and I illustrate that, number one, to show you that I'm not perfect in all my ways. But I, but I also tell you that to say this, that it's all about keeping our eyes fixed. Fixed on Jesus. And through the power of God's anointing, doing the things and the work and the bidding of heaven. The personality, the power, the talent, the work, it all rests in his hand. It doesn't rest in our hand. It rests in his hand. 
And he will provide the glory. He will provide the power. He will provide the sustenance. He will provide the ability for us to step into the fullness of God in each of our situations. Amen? We can, we can say we're not going to bow all day long. Amen? But Jesus isn't going to show up and dwell with us in that fire if we're not worshiping him in spirit and truth. Amen? You say, well, man, Jay, worship was great this morning. I agree, your worship was great this morning. Amen? Amen? Tell, tell your worship team and thank them. Amen? Because they work hard to get up here every Sunday. And it was great this morning. I agree. Amen? But I'm not just talking about here in church. How are you worshiping at home? How are you worshiping at home? How are you worshiping in the car when somebody cuts you off? Joseph Stoll, the, the president of Moody Bible College, spoke at a Promise Keepers I was at one time. And, and he, he illustrated this greatly, and it's true of probably all of us, if we were honest. And he was saying, man, I was driving here this morning, and it was really early, and I'm on the freeway. And if you've ever driven in Chicago, it's like nine lanes on each side. It's like 18 lanes. It's crazy, right? And, and he said, I was driving. There wasn't a lot of tra traffic, and I was driving through there and, and everything else. And he said, I had my worship tunes on. I knew I was going to be speaking to 10,000 men in this arena today and I was just inviting myself into the full presence and the glory of God and I am screaming, I am shouting there's tears running down my face I'm having a time and this guy cuts me off and then slams on his brake and next thing you know I'm telling him everything he is if we're not careful we can step out of the glory just like that amen and when we step out of the glory all the blessings go with it all of the blessings, all of the promises go with it. I'm not talking about your salvation, but I am talking about how you live your saved life. It will all leave and depart us when we invite the flesh or we invite the world or we invite the enemy into what we're doing. Amen? And so it's important for us to stay fixed on Jesus. When's my son of my pages? Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Amen. It, it takes patience to serve him, right? It takes patience to pursue him, right? Because, man, the world's going to hit you with everything. The world's going to do, man, it's crazy what happens before a service sometimes. Amen. Trying to frustrate and aggravate and get your mind on, on stupid stuff other than the things of God. Amen. And, and so forth. And I, I just have to reason that I'm, I'm not going there. Whatever. I don't care. We can, we can all stand up here and just clap our hands and stomp our hand, feet and this and that and the other and, and, and do a sis-boom-ba and then have the preaching, right? And, and I, you know, I remember when we were in the middle school, we had all kinds of problems with the Internet there. And, and, you know, we'd have everything working great, and then just at the last minute, we couldn't get the stream work and everything else. And I'm like, don't worry about it. What do you mean, don't worry about it? John's on the phone saying it against us. I don't care. Service has started. We're focused on the service. I'm preaching to the people in the congregation. We're going to see a move of God here before we see it anywhere else. So we'll be focused on that, and we'll be focused on that only. And we'll try to figure out the stream before next week. Amen? doesn't mean I don't want everything to be perfect, but sometimes it just isn't perfect, and we're not going to get caught up in that. We're not going to get caught up in that because I'm not going to live that kind of a petty Christian life. I'm going to choose the full glory of God in every situation. In every situation. And sometimes we can just step into the wrong stuff. Amen? Kind of like when the dog potties in the yard and nobody cleans it up. Right? Stepping in the wrong stuff. None of us like that, do we? Yeah. Behold, Jesus says, verse 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I shared with you last week, I know exactly when Jesus is coming back. I know exactly when he's coming back, when I least expect it. When I least expect it. That is exactly when he's coming back. So somebody, somebody gets on TV and says, God's coming back on this day and we need to blah, 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 blah. Click. Right? Because there's no way you know. Right? Get this. Jesus doesn't even know. Right? 
I'm not going to break all that out to you, but amen, Jesus doesn't even know. It's why I'm not listening for a trumpet. I'm listening for a shout. Amen? A shout of acclamation. What is that? That is when God turns to Jesus and says, go bring my children home. Jesus is going to let one out, children. Jesus is going to shout. Jesus is going to say, hallelujah! And he's coming to get us. Amen? He doesn't know the hour. He doesn't know the time. But what he knows is that any moment God is going to turn to him and say, go get my children. And he's coming without, he's not going to stop. He's not going to, he's not going to be, well, now, do we want to go at this time? Do we want to go at this time? Do we want it to be just right? Do we want it to look like this? Do we want it to look like that? No, he's going to shout and he's going to receive me unto himself. Amen. And y'all better enjoy getting to eat first down here because I'm jumping the line up there. Amen. Not because I care about what I'm eating or what's on the table and everything else, but because I want to be as close to Him for eternity as I can. I want to walk with Him and talk with Him. I want to hear the stories of old. I want to know that I know that I know that I am living hand in hand with Jesus for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. Amen. And it's why I passionately pursue it down here. Because I don't want anything in my way. Anything in my way. The old song we used to sing, I'm so glad I'm, I'm part of the family of God. Amen. There's this one part of that song that I dearly love when it says, There is nothing, there's nothing to hold me here. There's nothing to hold me here. No bad day, no grumpy moments, no bad decision. Last night, there is nothing to hold me here. When he shouts, I'm going to throw my hands up and say, pick me up, Daddy. Pick me up because I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Amen? Oh, I could shout. Him that overcometh, verse 12, him that overcometh, well, I make a pillar. Amen. He's talking about those of us that walk in him. We will overcome the temptations to the point that the things that tempted us no longer have power and no longer have hold on us. Why? Because we are walking in a different spiritual level. We are living in a different spiritual level. And the things that Satan could get us with yesterday are merely a laughing point for him today. Amen. Because they have no hold on me anymore. And what he is saying to those of us that come to him and choose him and put him above all of those things is that he will place a crown on our head and he will make us a pillar in the temple of God. Oh, hallelujah. He will make us. You want to find hope in Revelation? I'm giving you hope right here. He will make us a pillar in the temple of God. And the, name of the, and, the, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. You see, in my sin, in my flesh, he knows me. When he met with his disciples and he worked with his disciples, he called them by their name. But it was when he said, you're converted, when you are, when you are converted in the upper room that night, when you are converted, you will be my rock. And I will build my church on your living. Amen. Honey, quit trying to build a church on a dead testimony. Yeah, grunt again because you need to. Quit trying to build a church on a dead testimony. Amen. Because you can't build dead on dead. Amen. Just like that song they sang. Amen. What did they, what did they do when they threw the man on the bones of Elisha? The life and the power and the spirit that existed in Elisha moved into him and he rose. 
Amen? You are only going to build something on something that is alive. Alive today and in the anointed moment of God today. That is where you build and that is where it grows. And that is when God brings to life those that enter in. You want to know how this is a house of miracle? You want to know how it continues being a house of miracle? It is that we live, you and I live in the presence of Jesus Christ. And when we live and operate in the presence of Jesus Christ, lives will change. Why? Because there is life in us. Life in us. Amen? If people walk into a dead place, there ain't going to be no miracles. Amen? We've got to live. We've got to live passionately for Him and in Him. Such that He does a great work in our church in our lives, and our family. And His glory reigns over us and in us in every way. And He closes this out the same way that He closed all the others out. And He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Everybody do this. No, I mean everybody. Everybody do this. Amen. Even those of you that don't think you have to. Even those of you that don't think you need to. Amen. I ain't stopping though. Everybody does it. Everybody do this. Amen. You got one, right? Matter of fact, you got two of them, right? Amen. What Jesus is then saying is listen. Listen. Listen to what I've given you and listen to what I've shown you and listen to the choice that I am encouraging you to make. Amen. There is hope in Jesus. And because there is hope in Jesus, there's hope in the seven churches of Revelation. Because he's not coming back to kick us in the face. He's coming and calling upon us to a place of repentance to where we say, I choose you, Jesus, more than I choose this thing. I choose you, Jesus, more than I choose the world. I choose you more than I choose this sin. I choose you more than I choose everything else. Amen? And, and it, like he did with the, the Jews, those pretending to be Jews and calling them the synagogue of Satan, he don't play with pretenders. He doesn't play with pretenders. Amen? As it, as it started out, he knows you, and He knows your works, not just the outer works, but the inner works most of all. He knows you. He's not fooled, and He ain't playing, but He is drawing you to a place of hope, a place of refuge, and a place that says, I can fix all this. I can fix all this. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I can fix this. If you just bring it to me. If you just let me have your life. I can fix it. And I can bring you hope. Amen. The church of Philadelphia, the first of the churches we've talked about, the churches that we've studied, is the first that he didn't say repent to. Amen. And this was, this was the last part of my bullet points that God's telling me to shut up, so I'm going to move away and hit it quickly. Amen. What that says to us, it doesn't say that the church of Philadelphia was perfect. Amen. Because we know from Jesus' own words in the Gospels that no man is perfect, no, not one. Right? But what we see is those that are pursuing him and taking hold of their, of their accidents and of their mistakes and of the things that slip out. Amen. Not the premeditated sin. We're not, don't, don't excuse yourself with that garbage. Amen. But we're, we're talking about the unpremeditated stuff. Amen. Grace is sufficient to cover a multitude of sins. What we're seeing here is we're seeing a full example of the grace of God over those who are diligently pursuing Him. Not those who are half-heartedly pursuing Him. Not those who are pretending to be something when they're not, but those who are diligently pursuing Him and wanting to be better every day. 
in their work and their service of him. Amen. So we can you want to talk about that last part more? We can because I know I'm hitting them, hitting it and running. But I want you to understand that there's hope in Jesus this morning. Everything that he is, everything that he's been telling us he is since Revelation one. Amen. He's promised to you. He's promised it all to you. But we only find it in him. Not in ourself, not in not in all of our accolades and accomplishments, but in all of the things that he has done and will do in our lives. Let our testimonies grow. Let our spirituality evolve. Choose not to be the same tomorrow as you are today. And don't be the same today as you were yesterday. Because you keep that up long enough, you know what you'll be? A knot on a log. Amen? What do you mean by that? Well, knots, knots on a tree, knots on a log. They're knots because they just stay there. They don't grow. They don't, they don't create branches. They don't create limbs. They don't become a tree in their self. They just become a knot. And as the tree grows, they just, they just kind of go along for the ride. And they don't become anything significant. Amen? Be significant. Amen? And the only way you reach significance is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Choose him today. Let's stand and sing.